Big Red Revival. All right, welcome back into the Big Red Revival podcast, episode 28. Nebraska goes into Rutgers and gets a 28-21 to 21 victory over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights to move improve their record to 3-5 and five on the season. Uh, and sealed the game on a great 15-play, 63-yard, unheard of, 7-minute and 35-minute drive. The good old 7-minute offense. Uh, good to see, you know, Nebraska pound the rock all day. Um, Adrian Martinez, you know. Did Adrian Martinez things up and down, but uh, end of the day we got a victory. But uh, before we get into this, the game stuff, uh, Zach, what's happening? Another victory Sunday for Nebraska, so that feels good. Victory Sunday, victory Saturday. Actually, it's kind of <laughs> nice not to have to go through that misery of uh, the eleven o'clock kickoff yesterday um, being Saturday and kind of have it ruin your day. But instead, you woke up with a win and got to kind of just take in the whole whole uh, college football landscape. Which there were some some top tier games that we got to enjoy. And it was, yep. uh, it was just a, a little better feeling than what we've had recently. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe just Nebraska just made for prime time. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's our first non 11 AM uh, game of the, uh, well, I guess we played Iowa at noon, but that's basically the same, but uh, no, it just, you know, anytime you can get a victory, you know, at this point in time where this program's at is a good day. So uh, yeah, Friday night win, which led to, you know, Saturday getting to sit and enjoy all the uh, championship games. Um, even the uh, – I watched a little bit of the Minnesota-Wisconsin game. Uh, that was a pretty decent game. But, uh, you know, before we get into the Nebraska game and all that, you know, let's just kind of talk about what we saw yesterday around college football with the championship games. Uh, started, started in the morning. You had the Big 12 championship and the Big 10 championship. Uh, you know, Ohio State was playing Northwestern, and I think that uh, – at least myself, thought that, uh, you know, Ohio State was going to be going for style points and potentially run it up on them. Uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, Northwestern's defense has been stymie all, all season, and uh, that continued on, on Saturday. Uh, they looked good for the first half. They just didn't have uh, enough offense to uh, finish, you know, finish the game off. But uh, they played Ohio State close, uh, the final score 22-10. to 10, So that should seal up uh, Ohio State's position in the college football playoff. What did you think of that game yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was kind of uh, almost a little shocking to see Ohio State look a little pedestrian for um, part of the game. You know, they they looked human for once, and that's not something they that we really see um, in in Big Ten play uh, with Ohio State often. But um, you know, it looked like for the most part, Justin Fields' uh, numbers were very very comparable to two AMs when <laughs> through the first three quarters until he kind of uh, took off, but. Um, yeah, it was a it was a well fought game, and you know Northwestern shouldn't have anything really to to be upset about. You know they really held their own, and and you know that defense of theirs is, is something special. So it was a uh, it was good to see you know a battle there, and but uh, you know I think the overall better team came out with the dub. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know Northwestern, a team that went three and nine last year, to for them to come come all this way and finish uh, what six and two, seven and two. Uh, definitely nothing to hold their hat, you know, hold their heads about. Um, it also just kind of shows, you know, the Big Ten West. It's kind of just, uh, it's kind of the wild, wild west. It's just a year in, year out, uh, you know, thing. It's kind, it's been now Northwestern's won it two of the last three years. Obviously, Iowa's won in the last five, six years. Wisconsin obviously has been there a couple times. Um, you know, so it's it's a little bit more competitive even though the East is a little bit more top-heavy in the Big Ten. Um, the West is clearly more competitive, and the uh, the margin of error is very slim. Um, obviously, Northwestern made it to the championship game, and, you know, we're, you know, one play, two plays away from uh, beating Northwestern in Northwestern, and, you know, what, doubled up their yardage. So, um, you know, it's it's maybe a good sign of, you know, things can flip so quickly in the on the West side of the division, but um, – um, other than that, you had the 11 a.m. game, the Big, T- Big 12 championship between Iowa State, which is somehow number six in the country. Um, not sure uh, what, what the committee is looking at, but, you know, we'll get into the committee here a little bit here also. But uh, I- Iowa State, number six, taking on Oklahoma. Oklahoma was a double-digit favorite, as they probably should have been. O- Oklahoma's been hot since the first couple weeks of the season. You know, they lost those two games early. 
Um, but they've rattled off seven in a row now. So um, they beat Iowa State, which was uh, – it's a pretty good game. Um, I know, but, you know, championship mentality it usually wins out. And, you know, Oklahoma's been there before. Iowa State hadn't. I mean, Iowa State's coach was on the sidelines losing his goddamn mind yesterday, which uh, rightfully so. I thought there was a couple calls that, you know, went against them that yeah. uh, maybe could have went their way, maybe could have changed things a little bit. But, uh, you know. You know, some people are built for it, you know, and Oklahoma is built for winning the, the Big uh, Big 12. I think that's now six in a row. Yeah. Um, Ohio State's won four in a row. Clemson's won five in a row. <laughs> SEC's uh, been a little mixed, but mainly Alabama. LSU obviously jumped up the gun last year. So kind of lacking the uh, – and Oregon, I think, has won three in a row now over the Pac-12. So just kind of lacking the – I don't know, competitive balance, you know, throughout. Um, but then after that, you know, the big game of the day was the uh, Notre Dame-Clemson. Everybody was looking forward to that game, number two versus number three. Notre Dame had already knocked them off earlier in the season uh, in double overtime, of course, without Trevor Lawrence. So, but, you know, the the backup didn't, you know, he threw for over 400 yards. And, Say his last name. Uh, DJ Ugo Lely Lely. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, which I feel was pr- probably the best effort you could ever get out of me. On that. That's, uh, but that big motherfucker. I mean, goddamn. I mean that. I mean that's going to be another number one overall pick in two years. So uh, it's just the kind of uh, the continue to reload type thing between those programs. But uh, yeah, it ended up not being a competitive game. Uh, Notre Dame never never came out of the locker room. It was twenty four three at halftime and. I think um, they finished them off 34 to 10. So not competitive, um, you know, which kind of throws, you know, a little wrench in the playoff system. You know, it's like, is, can you put a team in that's, you know, just got beat by, you know, 30 in their championship game by another team that's going to be in the playoff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Seems, seems hard to do, but, uh, and then the nightcap, the SEC championship, um, Florida, you know, got caught looking ahead last week and got upset by uh, the fighting Bo Pelinis. Um, and so they came to this game. We knew that Florida's offense was going to be able to put up points and bunches. They, they've been able to score on anybody and everybody. Um, it was just a matter of if if they're going to be able to get enough stops against Alabama. Because Alabama, they obviously they've been, you know, dominant for the last 10 years. But um, this team... This team seems to be uh, clicking better than um, any team I've seen them have in the last, I don't know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to score uh, at will. They scored the touchdown in the first five possessions yesterday, and it looked like uh, Florida was going to get uh, housed. Came out of the locker room, uh, held uh, Alabama scoreless in the third quarter, scored 14 points to pull it close. Uh, but it, it never really felt like Florida was going to win. They just kind of kept keeping it close. But uh, – you know, and once again in that game, there was a couple big penalties on third downs that continued drives. Um, Alabama's running back, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Najee Harris. Yes. Najee Harris just, I mean, that's that's a grown ass man out there playing, playing running back. He was a five star running back, number one player in the country coming out of California, and uh, we'll be looking for him to be playing on Sundays here shortly. So, uh, just kind of overall, what your thoughts of yesterday, and maybe how do you think that the playoff is? how it should shake out and how you think it's going to shake out. Breaking, breaking news here. Um, it shook out just like everyone thought. Okay. Breaking um, news here on the, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. go ahead and break it. <laughs> number one, Bama, number two, Clemson, number three, Ohio state, number four, Notre Dame. So, oh, well, there it is. Uh, every, anyone would be lying to when they said they didn't see this coming when they, when they got up this morning, but you know, it's like you said, the, the system kind of just seems like it's, it, it's a little bit flawed. You know, those are probably when it's all said and done, the top four teams in the country, but it'd be really nice to see, you know, a team like Cincinnati get, get their shot. You know, they, they beat everyone that was, you know, put on their schedule and did everything that you could ask of them and and maybe a little bit more. Um, But, you know, it's, it's time that we, we start to look to expanding this and not to just six, but I think eight, six doesn't solve much. Eight, eight would really kind of just bring up the appeal I mean, no one's going to tell you that they wouldn't watch Coastal Carolina versus Alabama right. um, in, in the first round. That would just be electric television. It would just be nice to see, you know, obviously Alabama would probably win that game by 28 points, but it'd be nice to see them beat a team that just looks different than a Clemson or a Notre Dame or Ohio State. And, right. You know, it's uh, it's just kind of the same same song and dance another year with this playoff. It's just the same teams each year and, you know, 
it is what it is, but it, it could be a lot better, I think, if we expanded. But as far as the slate of games yesterday goes, you know, it would have been really nice to see Iowa State finally dethrone Oklahoma in the Big 12 and just get somebody new in there. Um, this was probably their their best shot to do so with Oklahoma kind of having a lot of new newcomers and new faces on the team. Right. Um, and, you know, they looked a little shaky at the beginning of the year and kind of just righted the ship. But Iowa State's a tough team, but they're always just going to be kind of that team that's going to be a thorn in your side in the Big Twelve. They're never, good, never great. Yep, they're never they're never going to take you know ownership of that of that conference and and take it to the next level. And then with the Notre Dame Clemson game, I mean, I think it's hard to argue that Clemson, you know, is is not it, they're they're the second best team in, in the country. Correct. And, um, they're just different with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence just is that unbelievable talent and. It's it's hard to slow him down when when you get going. And Notre Dame kind of they missed some early opportunities in that first half and and got down to a team that's just clearly better. But I I do like Notre Dame to an extent more than I have so in the past. I like that Ian Book quarterback for them. I think he's got a really good game. Unfortunately, he was just running for his life a little bit too much yesterday. And those those uniforms that Notre Dame wore last night are just they're awesome. I mean, it's yep. just it's just a good uniform to have. I mean, it's just kind of a little bit updated. From you know the the good old days of Notre Dame, but they they just look sharp out there. So I'm not upset to see them in the playoff, but I again I would have liked to see Cincinnati get their shot and actually finally put a group of five or a group of five uh, team in in the playoffs for once. Yeah, I, I think if there was going to be a year you do it, I mean the year is 2020. Yeah. I you know Cincinnati kept dropping in the rankings for some reason, but uh, you know they went out you know they hadn't played in three weeks and they you know played a tough game against uh, Tulsa ranked Tulsa team. But uh, ended up coming out on top, and uh, so yeah, it would have been nice to see um, one. You would have had all undefeated conference champions in there, and now you've got Notre Dame that uh, just came off a uh, embarrassing loss. And unfortunately for Notre Dame, it's about to be even worse uh, when they play Alabama. Alabama's going to beat them by thirty to forty points, and then you know, then you get back into this. Uh, you know, do we really want to put Notre Dame in next time? And it's just it it sucks for Notre Dame. Um, they're a good team; they've had a good season, but. Um, you know, they got their ass beat, and now they've got to go play, uh, you know, a world beater in Alabama. So I think Alabama they probably going to open up as 20 to 25-point favorites, which is fucking disgusting. Um, and Clemson is going to open up as probably 8 to 10-point favorites over Ohio State. Ohio State is not nearly as good as they were last year. Um, the defense, um, you know, you don't have the de- – the playmakers they did last year, the Chase Young, the the Cuda on the fucking back end. So you know, I like Ohio State, and you know, I root for them in the in uh, in the playoffs. But uh, I think they're going to get it ran up on them too by Clemson. And I think then Clemson and Bama once again square off in the championship game. And I like uh, Bama to come out on top. Um, you know, and probably another you know high scoring game like the Florida game last night was it forty. 52-45, I believe, was the final score. You know, those those vaunted SEC defenses. Yeah, Bama 52, Florida 46. And then you go down, and there was another SEC game um, with Mississippi or LSU, Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, yep. 53-48. And then you got Mississippi State 51, Missouri 32. It's like, what world are we living in where SEC has shootouts? Right. I mean, <laughs> that's – yeah, exactly. It's just – you know, it just means more down there. The defense is just better and <laughs> – yeah, that's what they try the to tell us. The defense has opted out this year. Yeah, that's what they try to tell us this, <laughs> anyways. But, yeah, to expand on the whole playoff thing, I think it is time. I mean, I think people – college football is in a uh, dangerous place here. Um, you've got you've got all this national um, image and likeness bullshit coming up, which one I'm 100% totally against that stuff. Um, you know, I think that's – it's just – you know, you're just you're getting the kids more and more entitled. Um, you know, you're now getting – they, they gave these kids, uh, you know, an opt-out this season, and fucking kids are opting out, you know, after game four and shit. It's like, that's not that's not opting out, and you've, I went on this ramp before. That you, you've quit. You've quit. And and some of these players, you know, the transfer portal, they said there's not even going to be enough spots for all these kids because there's so many. I mean, we're having like 100 kids a day uh, hit the portal. I mean, um, the uh, quarterback from Tennessee, uh, Katama, or – whatever his yeah. name is. Basically he's Adrian Martinez of Tennessee. Um, he's been there for five years, um, been spotty, you know, had some bright spots, but been spotty at best. Um, you know, he got pulled into the game yesterday and, you know, he uh, was in the transfer portal fucking at halftime at fucking halftime. I mean, just, you know, 
the gener- the you know the just generation just getting softer and softer, and we just keep coddling and coddling them. Um, there's got to be some kind of obviously we need one big governing board to govern college football because the conferences clearly can't handle itself, especially the Big Ten. Obviously, Kevin Warren has done um, the worst job imaginable. I mean, you know, they said he was in line to be the next NFL commissioner. Well, no, he fucking ain't. <laughs> no, he fucking ain't. He he blew that shit in the first fucking 60 days on the job. So He makes Goodell look like a saint. Oh, yeah, exactly. Fucking so. I don't. I don't know what needs to change. I obviously, I'd like to see the playoffs expanded. You know, I'd even say almost a sixteen. Yeah. One, it keeps more teams engaged throughout the year. Um, and then also, I think we need to switch up the scheduling portion. The one thing I do like about how the 20, 20 season went was the flexibility that some conferences and teams provided. I loved that BYU Coastal Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, three day notice game. Like, oh, you, you're 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 undefeated. We're undefeated. We're both jockeying for maybe a playoff spot or a higher ranking. Okay, we got open. We got an open week here. Let's let's make this happen. Three day notice, and that ended up being one of the top three, four uh, best games of the season. So, I don't know if we maybe leave uh, like a uh, open week towards the end of the season where we could do some cross conference matchups. But uh, I don't know what needs to happen. I'd like to see um, power five teams only playing power five teams. Um, it just I don't know. It's it provides nothing to uh, you know for at least the power five teams to go and play the FCS opponents. Besides, either one getting beat and embarrassed, or just cutting them a fat check. So I, there's something needs to change. I'm not. I don't have all the answers, but something needs to change because I think people are going to be sick of seeing Alabama play Clemson every year. I mean, I sure am. I I, am. I, I like good football. Don't get me wrong, but um, and they're clearly the two best teams. But uh, you know, seeing the same two teams uh, play every year gets a little old. I think the first year of the college football playoff, it seemed like a great idea. I mean, that was the best it got. 2014, you had Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That was the best it got. You had two Heisman Trophy winners in it. You had Ohio State. You had all the top coaches. You had some elite coaches in there, Jimbo, uh, Saban, Meyer, and it just has been a downhill slide since then. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty simple, too. I mean, get rid of one of those FCS opponents early in the season and do what we did just a couple of days ago with Rutgers. Do that crossover absolutely uh, for the conference championship week. It doesn't have to just be conference championship games. I mean, give give those kids another – give those men – I'm going to correct myself because Frost calls them kids and it gets annoying. But right. uh, give those guys an extra opportunity to play um, in that week that they normally don't get to. And um, it's, you know, it's an extra, extra week for competition and it's, it's conference competition. It's not playing Westland. It's not playing, uh, don't, don't like a basketball like team. Basketball <laughs> team. But, hey, to your point though, they, they put that game together in like a week. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we've shown that we can be, we can adapt. We can be a little more flexible. It's why not, why not try and work that in permanently? I, I and I just really like that, that conference uh, last week crossover idea so much that I think that should be something that sticks. Right. And, you know, I'm such a, the, one of my favorite parts of college football is that early in the season where you're getting these big time uh, conference uh, matchups, you know, like um, uh, Like Ohio Ohio State was supposed to to go play at, uh, at Oregon. Michigan was going to go play at Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a neutral couple of site games. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, I'm ready to get rid of the neutral site. Yeah. I like the games on campus, right. um, but yeah. the big time, you know, cross conference matchups, I think that maybe it should be something like the NFL where it's like, okay, the number one seed in the big 10, the, uh, plays the number one seed in the PAC 12, the following year, week one or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. People are too afraid to go out and get beat and really test themselves. And I think if you spend the playoffs and, you know, make some automatic, that's obviously for conference champions, you're going to get a lot more teams willing to go out and play those big games. I mean, you know, the thing about Alabama was they're like, oh, they only played neutral site games and this, that. They never want to travel to uh, another stadium. I'd love to see Alabama come up and, you know, play at, at Ohio State, you know. like. Mm-hmm. But And do you think uh, this year with Notre Dame um, playing in the a- ACC, you know, they I don't know that they would necessarily have this opportunity if they were still independent because they wouldn't be playing such a – a top tier team towards the end of the year. I think right. they play like, you know, teams like Stanford and stuff like that that are yeah. never really in the mix. And if they drop that game, they're out. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know Notre Dame thinks they're, you know, above everyone else in, in college football. Correct. But, you know, maybe this this opportunity that, that they just got with, um, you know, basically from playing in conference, you know, that that could lead to them permanently being in there. You'd like to see that because I just don't. I still don't. I can't wrap my head around 
independent teams outside of like Navy and Army and teams like right. that. Right. Yep. But I don't know. I think that that would be a good move on their part, and you know, it 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 brings up the uh, the power of the ACC. You know, because you have Clemson and then occasionally Florida State, not anywhere close this year, but. Right. Um, you get maybe one other contender, Miami, another, North Carolina. Yeah, if you throw another, if you throw Notre Dame in there, that that really brings up the quality of that conference. Yeah, so I wonder how they liked the whole conference uh, this year, being in a conference. But um, who knows? But uh, so we've got our final four teams. Uh, we told you how I think it's going to shake out. But uh, you know, let's go ahead and get into the Nebraska game. Uh, you know, that's what we're all here for, obviously. So Nebraska proved to three and five on the season. Uh, we're not sure if they're going to go to a bowl game or not. We're hearing different reports. We're hearing that maybe they want to be done. Um, but, um, you know, let's just talk about the Rutgers game. Nebraska finally – well, I mean, I mean, let me go ahead and reverse that. Let me just start here. Um, the stubbornness of Scott Frost uh, showed play one. Zach, what was what was the first play of the game? He still threw it. It was a left. fucking exact same play that fucking – that we've played – ran every fucking game that has gotten us negative yards on this time. Martinez was able to put it on the money and we got five, six yards out of it. But it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like that's, you really have to run that play one, you know, just, it's like, just, I think every, every first possession play, just give the ball to Dedrick Mills yeah. and let's just, you know, get settled in here. I mean, the risk reward for that damn swing pass is just terrible. Imagine we come out and we, we fake that and run a QB draw. Right. Do you not think the defense is going to bite on that fake? Exactly. I, I mean, mean, everybody scouted you. Scheme them. Scheme them up, man, please. So so the game started off uh, with the swing pass. Um, and then, you know, Nebraska started driving a little bit. Uh, Martinez went airborne trying to get some extra yards, get the first down. Landed on his uh, scary plate, landed on his head and neck area, caught the ball up. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fault the guy for that. You know, you're fighting for extra trying yards, to trying to make a play, um, and almost broke your neck. So I'm not going to fault you on that uh, that uh, first fumble. But uh, that was just kind of the beginning of the uh, turnovers for Adrian Martinez. And, um, you know, and not to mention that uh, Luke McCaffrey was unavailable for this game. So the back was Logan Smothers. Um, you know, people have been clamoring all week to maybe see Logan get in there and for a series or two. Which uh, I was, I was in that camp. I was, you know, just, you know, what the hell? Why not give him a series? Give him a couple plays and see what he's got. Um, at any point during the game, because Martinez ended up having four turnovers. At any point, were you thinking that he should be pulled or that he might be pulled? No, I, 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 I was never in that camp. Um, I can tell you why. It's because it just looked like Adrian Martinez was playing more loose, more loose than he has all year. And I think maybe a lot of that had or was contributed to the fact that Luke wasn't on the sidelines just waiting to come in for him. I think maybe he felt, you know, a little more space than he's had all year. And, you know, some of the turnovers, like the one that we just talked about with him doing the flip, you know, if that if that gets called, he's down on the field. I don't think it gets reversed that or at that point either. I right. think it was it was really a matter of what they called on the field initially, but the other fumble um, that he lost, that was kind of just being careless with the football. Um, and then the first interception he threw to the end zone. I mean, I know that's not a very good decision. He was by no means open. Nobody was. But it was finally good to see him actually throw down the field. Unfortunately, it was <laughs> right after he drops a dime to, to Wandale on the sidelines that we've been looking for all oh, year. Oh, man, yeah. Made. I mean, Whoa. it looked like, I mean, a perfectly thrown football right in stride. Yeah, right over his shoulder. Yeah, and then um, his his last interception. Uh, what which one was that? Uh, Over through Wandale. Oh, uh, that was middle. just a completely bad throw. But right. outside of those two um, miscues in in passing, I felt like he really really delivered the ball well. Um, he you know he was setting his feet. He was he was throwing strikes. Tight ends really had a, a big presence in this game. You know, Vokalik had had a catch at, there at the end, and then Austin Allen was very very present. And Jack Stoll, you know, yep. had a really good day with three catches, but. Um, I think, you know, what we what we saw was the recipe for success for for the Nebraska offense, you know, with that two to one run to pass ratio and not asking Adrian Martinez to do too much. You know, he's going to he took some shots and they backfired a little bit. But overall, I thought he threw the ball very well, very well. He was making reads and going through his progressions good. So 
Um, just comes back to, I think, him just playing very loose and and not looking over his shoulder for the whole game. Yeah, you know, it's funny how, you know, maybe uh, taking a few shots down the field, whether regardless whether you hit him or not, maybe opens up the pass game, you know, gets some guys out of the box. Nebraska ran the ball 58 times for Mr. Run the damn ball guy. Um, he was definitely happy for what he said. From he what he's good Friday. You know, he slept fucking really good uh, Friday night. Fifty eight carries for three hundred and sixty five yards, six point three yards of fucking tote. So uh, it was the first time since ninety five Nebraska had two running backs go over our two rushers. You said it right, running backs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> two running backs go over for go for over one fifty. Um, I know during the uh, the Taylor Martinez year with him. Halu and uh, I believe Burkhead, they all had over 100 yards, I believe, against Washington. Um, but this is the first time since 95 Nebraska had two players over 150 yards uh, rushing, which, you know, Nebraska's been want, clamoring for us to run the ball. And, you know what, the offensive line just leaned on them. And, you know, they were coming off the ball and blocking well. The snaps weren't really that big an issue. Had a one or two, but uh, they were both fielded. So not the worst thing in the world. Uh, the thing that people were watching for was uh, obviously Brennan Hymas, um, you know, opted out of this last game after starting 40, 40 games straight for Nebraska, been, been our starting left tackle for four straight years, um, you know, opted out to go get ready for the NFL draft. Certainly don't blame him for that. The guy's put in his time. He's put in four years, started 40 games. The guy is, uh, you know, he's what you want out of the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. You never hear his name. You don't, you know. You never hear anything about them, which that's always a good thing. You don't want to hear anything about your offense linemen because they don't do anything wrong. They don't get holding calls. They don't miss blocks. Um, so plug in, uh, you know, basically five-star freshman Turner Cochran. Mm-hmm. Um, and Turner Cochran came in there, and I I was a little weary because I thought just seeing him, he's a little light in the ass. I don't know how much he weighs, but uh, probably two, 275, 280. Um, but Turner Cochran came in there and did a fucking bang up job. Mm-hmm. I saw him a couple plays. Um, what I like to see out of my offensive lineman finishing guys off. He had a little nastiness to him, and I w- I wasn't sure. I hadn't really seen his high school film. I didn't, you know. I think that's one of the main things that Nebraska's offensive line is lacking. We got a bunch of nice guys up there. We need a couple guys that want to fucking you know drive you into the fucking ground and use your head uh, to get up off of. And not that he was super nasty, but uh, he was playing to the whistle, maybe a smidge after it. Uh, so, and once again, you didn't hear, you didn't hear his name. So for a true freshman starting at left tackle uh, in his first game of the season, um, I thought Turner Cochran came out there and looked good. Which, what else did you see out of the offense uh, Friday night? Uh, yeah. I mean, to build off what you said, I think the offensive line really did a bang-up job. I'm not sure how good that D-line for Rutgers is. But to see finally get to see our, our youth that we've been kind of building this secondhand pipeline um, to allow them to kind of just shine for a game was good. Um, I think we have, you know, the young pieces in place to really put this offensive line in a good spot. Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Farniak. Um, I I don't want to like hate on the guy, but I I'm not going to be sad to see him go. I think if we can get a couple mean guards in there, right. along with Cam Jurgens and then our two kind of staples of the offensive line with the tackles, I think that um, you know we're going to be in a really good spot offensively with whatever we want to do with that 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 front five that we'll have there. Um, but I can't say enough about Dedrick Mills. That guy looked like a million bucks on Friday. Finally. Uh, Finally, you know, it would have been nice to see him get in the end zone with almost 200 yards rushing, but um, you know he did everything we asked for and, and showed what he can be. And I hope that that you know he didn't get he hasn't played much this year. He's kind of been dealing with injuries off and on, and so I hope that that was encouraging enough for him to see you know what he can really turn into and be for this team to come back next year and 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 kind of you know get a full season under, under his belt as, you know, a second year senior and, right. and you know, super get, senior, super senior. Well, we yeah. used to call him in high school, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but getting him back would be huge for us because then we can allow those other young guys uh, under him to really learn from him and see him, you know, have, have success on the, on the field. Right. And then, you know, aside from that, you know, I, I kind of mentioned, you know, the quality of our tight end play that we had, they were, they were very, very, very solid and um, reliable and then, you know, Wandale, you know, just he, Steady. he had his uh, almost his breakout game of the season, finally getting in the end zone. Yep. Um, you know, 
taken a couple licks on on uh, sure did. on touchdowns that on both of them. Both of me, yeah, yeah. took a lick. And that one, that one uh, uh, catching, catching almost like spin and getting the end zone was yeah. was very impressive. And you know that's just what he can be. And if we don't have to utilize him as a running back, we can get him out in space and do do creative things with him. And I think uh, you know that's that's going to be another really really bright spot uh, going forward for the offense. Yeah, Nebraska hasn't. Uh, we failed to establish a RB two this this season. Um, unfortunately, RB two was uh, you know quarterbacks and Wandell. So we saw Ramir Johnson in there uh, Friday night. I, I still the jury's still out on Ramir Johnson. Ronald Tompkins has been on a milk carton since game one. Um, you know Marvin Scott. We see him. You know every other game. Um, Savion Morrison. We've yet to see this season. Um, you know it's just. It kind of goes back to coaching staff of, you know, just give me some consistency. Who's who's number two? You know, we've seen every single guy in bits and pieces. It's hard for guys to get going and get any amount of experience that matters if, you know, you're only getting three yards a game and then you don't see the ball again for two more or three more games. So I think that uh, if Mills isn't coming back, which I hope he does, I think it would be beneficial to him because I, I don't believe at this time he's an NFL running back. Um, if he could come back for one more year and maybe we go like a, a Zigbo type of year. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we, uh, go look at that, uh, you know, that, uh, transfer portal to see if we can get a graduate, uh, graduate player or anybody that with a little bit of experience, um, you know, that come in and, uh, be that RB two and give those younger guys even more time to kind of get lathered up to uh, get some more experience to get going. But, um, you know, Nebraska went into the game down 14, seven at halftime. And second half adjustment, second half play has been a bugaboo for this team all season. It's been the worst in the country. And I'm not just saying that because that's what I think. I'm saying that because the numbers actually say they've been the worst second half team in the country. That's so, it is. yeah, the, those are just the facts. Uh, Nebraska has been horrendous in the second half. So Nebraska came out and uh, really broke tendency. I mean, Nebraska was the first team this season in the country to have a, a second half drives of 90, 92, and 96 yards that ended up with touchdowns because once again, our special teams uh, completely failed us. I mean, we go to tie the game up 14-14 and you're feeling good. It's like, all right, because we had been dominating Rutgers all game, uh, racking up yardage, um, but they Rutgers was started the first three possessions in our territory and we were able to score. So we tied the game up 14-14 and here we are fucking kick the ball off. And I'm not sure a guy laid a fucking glove on him. I don't know. think anybody got a hand on him. I saw Cade Warner, you know, catching blocks, not sure what he's doing out on uh, kickoff, uh, kickoff coverage, but um, he's also been on a milk carton. You know, he dropped a couple, couple touchdowns and, you know, then has been put on the bench, which is always good to see your captain, uh, you know, sit on the bench in a, in a position group that plays five to six players, you know, a game where you can't even get in a five to six player rotation. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure his daddy's feeling, feeling good about that. So uh, also more breaking news right here during the podcast, uh, Nebraska is not going to play in the bowl game. Uh, just broke right now. We're recording this Sunday morning here. It's about noon. Uh, Nebraska's not going to play in the bowl game, which kind of listening to the press conference, you kind of kind of saw that, you know, Frost had talked about how long the season has been. They brought the players back super early. Um, and, you know, it's good to go out on a, you know, on a win. And, you know, depending on what kind of bowl game they're going to, uh, I was hearing, you know, a couple bullshit bowls playing bullshit opponents. So that would bring nothing beneficial to uh, to them. And, you know, if you stop now, everybody gets to home, home, go home for Christmas. Um, I know the university's on break till maybe the second or third week of January. So you get some time off. It's been a long time. And, you know, you leave the season feeling good because you got the win. Uh, Zach, what do you think about not playing in a bowl? Yeah, I'm going to sort of have to agree, disagree with you here. Okay. I, I and, see both and, sides of it. And, and maybe for selfish reasons, maybe not. But when was the last time we played in a bowl? That's, that was the one thing where I I wanted us to play one. Was it actually UCLA? No, it was uh, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee, yeah. And the music we city ran ball. out Riker Fife as our quarterback. Right. So, so that was uh, that was the one reason, the main reason I wanted us to play one because yeah. I, I love watching Nebraska football. It's mm-hmm. it's my life. So anytime you get more of that, it's a good thing. But uh, 
just for the fact that we break that bolus streak and, you know, um, by hook or by crook, whether, you know, we got a losing record. So it'd been nice to get some bowl experience. The guys that are been here four years, uh, they haven't seen a fucking bowl game. So yeah, would have been nice. But for me, it's not, it's not even about breaking the bowl streak. It's about getting the extra work in and getting those extra couple weeks of practice in another game because right. we haven't had that recently. And, you know, we missed out on how many games this season. And, you know, with, with the fact that we get, you know, anybody who wants to come back a free year next year, I think that just would do so much for us. Right. And, and not to mention, you know, we were the team that was the most vocal about playing this season, and now we're not just going to play in a bowl game that we'd probably be given. Right. And, to a t- and play against a team that we probably could beat, maybe. maybe. I don't know who it would be, but um, I don't know. It's, it's a little frustrating for me because I, I feel like there's a lot of, positives that could come out of it and a lot of improvement that we could see out of it. But to your point too, you know, those, you know, I think in the conference or in the uh, press conference, Martinez was talking about how he hasn't seen his family since like March. Right. So it's good to be able to, you know, have those, have those guys be able to see their family again. I get that, that part of it, but on from an X's and O's standpoint, I think it would do us a lot of good. Um, But again, it's, it's this year. I mean, I don't know how much anything really means this year. Um, So it is what it is. It's just kind of frustrating because I would have liked to see this play, this team play again, Yeah. especially with the fact that we just put up 600 yards of offense on somebody and it's, that's a good game to build on and to, you know, continue to prove, improve with, but. Well, you know, it's kind of like golf, you know, if you, you know, if you birdie, birdie your last hole, you know, you're ready to go ahead and call it a fucking day. You know, it's like, I'm gonna go ahead and walk off on that one. And, you know, but um, yeah, it would have been nice to see him play. Um, You know, like I said, we haven't played in a bowl game in four years, Um, but you know, it sounds like they put it to a team vote. And like anything in life, I can accept a, a uh, you know, a vote, you yep, know, that absolutely. can, uh, I know a lot of people can't apparently, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there, but uh, you know, you put it to a team vote and you know, if guys don't, if the guys are ready to go, I certainly understand that. I mean, they're all their classmates have been gone for what, almost a month now. Cause uh, I think class got out, you know, right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So they're ready to go home. They're on campus by themselves. I uh, haven't seen their family, so I certainly understand it. But uh, would love to see them play an, an extra game. But um, I'm anxious to see what what uh, seniors actually come back. Um, you know, I thought my number one pick to want to come back uh, was JoJo. Um, I don't think he's going to come back. Um, I don't think Stilly is either. Yeah, Stilly would have been number three. Uh, Mills would have been is number two. Guys, I'd like to see come back. Hymas just not in there because it was just Hymas. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. No, it's time to go make some money. Well, yeah. Because the other, I don't know. I mean, you think JoJo's got a place in the league? I, I definitely think Hymas does, and I think that it was almost a slap in the face to him to not even get like third team All Conference. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me that there's three other offensive tackles better than him. I don't. I don't. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's just more the disrespect of yeah. Nebraska type thing. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think JoJo's got enough talent to play in the league. Um, it's just like anything in life, it's like finding the right spot, you know. Get yeah, and like Nate Gary. Like right. Nate Gary type of guy or even a Luke Gifford, yep. you know, that got that got picked up by the Cowboys. That, But, yeah, guys like that, I mean, they're going to they're gonna find a spot on a team, whether it starts with special teams just like in college and, and then, you know, work your way up the roster and – and pretty much outlast people because that's what it seems to be right. <laughs> in the league uh, lately, just outlasting people because people get traded, fall off, don't perform, whatever. Um, and JoJo's a guy that would come in and work his ass off for any organization. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's like I said, we're good to see. I'm glad to see these guys go out with a victory. Would have been nice to see them go out with a, with a uh, bowl game. But, um, you know, I'm hoping some of these seniors uh, decide to come back, uh, especially – maybe one of the secondary guys, um, even though I think I like our young guys in the secondary, um, you know, Braxton Clark, which well, I, I don't know if he tore his ACL preseason or whatever, but I was really high on that guy. And I think he's going to be something special. Nice, big, rangy corner, super athletic. And I think um, Boodle improved throughout yes. the year too, especially the last two games. Yeah. Um, in your boy, your boy. My Cam Taylor Your boy, Cam Taylor Britt. Um, that guy – um, ended up uh, making the second team all Big Ten. Um, so he was our uh, – it wasn't our only player because our kicker ended up being uh, – Culp ended up being the uh, Big Ten kicker of the year, going 12-14 on field goals and not missing any extra points. And I think one of the things also we saw this weekend was uh, 
that uh, kicking in college is uh, <laughs> it fucking at an all-time low. It's horrendous. Yeah, well, I, maybe even even the NFL. I mean, last week, uh, what the Minnesota Vikings kicker Bailey, yeah, your old boy, right? Yep, fucking, yep. I think he, he missed was, he was, four he or five. Just didn't miss with the Cowboys though. Yeah. Like one year he kind of went down the shitter, and he he's never come back. From yeah, that. yep, yep. He got the got the yips. So, yeah. um, so I think that's. I think it sounds like Culp is going to come back, which is a big, mm-hmm. big step. Um, I don't know what needs to happen with this special teams, though. Um, we can't just be get spotting teams 10 to 15 extra yards by, you know, pooch kicking it, you know, to the 35 or whatever. Um, we, you would say, hey, we'll put your starters on kickoff. Well, guess what? Our fucking starters are on kickoff. Um, you know, Cam Taylor Brett's on kickoff. Um, Deontay Williams is on kickoff. Um Cade Warner, for some reason, is on fucking kickoff. Fucking, like, that's not the kind of starter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Forget, he's not even starting anymore. Um, But something needs to happen. And the fact that we don't even have a special teams coach um, is probably, probably deals with that. Um, And you expect that in a season like this, you probably expect some some coaching staff changes, shake up. Um, You know, it happens to every team, you know, whether you're doing good or not. Uh, There's always going to be, you know, one or two guys that uh, either go on to greener pastures, take a different, better job, or or just are let go. And I think there's – for instance, Bob, yeah, Bob. yeah, <laughs> shout out, Bob. Thanks for that W. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you're looking, Nebraska. I was listening to uh, Big Red Overreaction, the 1620 Omaha station. Um, Dan Benning was setting the over under at uh, two and a half, two and a half uh, coaching staff changes. So two and a half out of uh, ten positions. Um, I think people are going to be looking for um, obviously uh, Mario Verduzco. Yep. He's in a got to go situation. Um, I think people love Ryan Held. He's been a good recruiter, but uh, when the running back room looks as it does um, and the production looks as it does, you you, can't, you don't really have a leg to stand on and why you should be retained. Especially for a guy that preaches uh, running back by committee, too. Right. Because we don't have a committee. Yeah, the we committee have, is the quarterback, quarterback, and fucking Wandell. So, <laughs> Ryan Held, I, I like the guy personally, but uh, – you, you don't have a claim to uh, keep your job, unfortunately. And um, I don't know who else would you look at. I can tell you who I wouldn't look at. Obviously, Teodi is. Teodi is the number one guy on the team. Uh, I think. I, I mean, Ch- Chenander has fucking has played. Barrett, yeah. I think the linebacker play was very much improved this year. Right. I think that Greg Austin probably still has another year, just because of offensive line. Yep. And the guy, the pieces we have in place going. Travis forward. Fisher's good to go. Travis Fisher's good. The guy cannot talk to the press though. I listened to him last week. Did, was, I've never heard him it speak. Was, it was. I mean, it was right there with Taylor Martinez. It wasn't really. It was. It was tough to listen to. Yeah. Um. And then I, I don't think you get rid of Lubick yet. I, I think that – I don't know. I think it was almost just kind of a year one type of deal with him and trying to figure out what he's got. And and who's the tight ends coach? Becton? Is that, is that our yeah. tight end coach? Can't, he's, he's good to go. Tight yeah, end room is yeah. as deep oh, as it is. And, and, and then you just – and in. you just had – you got the uh, number one tight end in the country coming in. Yeah. We didn't really touch on it uh, today, but uh, obviously early signing period – because it was pretty lack, I mean, not lackluster. It was just it went as planned. Lack unlike of drama, yeah. Unlike last year, where um, it was uh, it was drama filled and good drama though. It ended up shaking out in Nebraska's favor None for the time anymore. for the time being. But uh, fast forward six months, all the motherfuckers were gone. Yeah. So um, I think that this class we signed nineteen kids. I think that this class is while it may not be as top heavy and as talented as previous class, even though top twenty th- they're in the top twenty, which yeah. is I don't know how they only have three, four stars. Um, but I think that these guys are he- all here for the long run and they were kind of dissecting the l- previous classes. And they said that in the three years we've had so many transfers, um, you know, come and go, but none that came from within the 500 mile radius. Mm-hmm. So you start looking at it and you're like, okay, well this class, because you weren't able to have visits and whatever, a lot of local and, uh, you know, 500 mile radius guys. We got a couple, you know, I got a Georgia guy, got a Florida guy, um, a couple other pieces, but gotta start uh, sprinkling those Texas guys in there. Got to get back to Texas. And, you know, as I, I've been saying, I like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just cause I've lived there, but uh, Arizona, yeah. we've done obviously, you know, my new favorite player on the team since Jojo's leaving and Ty Robinson. Uh, it's from Arizona. Uh, Nebraska historically has had good, you know, 
good success in Arizona. I mean, Prince of Mucamara, my boy Richie Incognito. Um, who else is from there? Um, and we've had we've had good luck with the uh, Nebraska kids. I mean, your yeah. boy Heinrich, he had a hell of a game. Yes, Heinrich is, um, you know, like I said, he's... And Avante Dickerson didn't sign with... with uh, sounds like he's going to be coming here. Yeah, so yeah, that's another four-star to add, and, and that home state guy, so that's yep. always good. They're less likely to tra- uh, transfer, I feel like. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, it's almost time to move away from Florida a little bit, you know... You, and they, I think they're a little more self-aware of what what they're doing now with recruiting. Now they've mentioned, or the coaches I'm, I'm speaking of, they've mentioned it that they need to they need to pay a little more attention of uh, personality quality, right? And just be a little more wary of that because they're you know with the way things are right now and people just packing the bag and taking their ball and going home. It's, yeah. It's, I uh, mean, two guys didn't even fucking – didn't even get to the beginning of the season before they I got mean, out of here. from Florida that, that took three hours in the signing day that didn't know what he wanted to do. Yeah, I never expected him to, <laughs> to stay here. It shocker. Was, it was fun on signing day to, to celebrate that, but he was never going to be, you know, a, a long-term guy here. But I don't know. The, the recruiting thing, I've, I've kind of changed my tone on that quite Absolutely. a bit the last year, I think, because it's just – I, I mean, I put it on Twitter on Wednesday with the early signing day. It was a big day for the future of the transfer portal. Yeah. I, a lot of those kids that you're seeing now are going to be in the transfer portal. Until I see there. them on the field making mm-hmm. tackles, catching passes, running the ball, whatever, I'm not going to get too high on kids because, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, I don't want to be here sitting here next year and we're talking about Thomas Fedoni and, you know, him having seven catches on the season. He wasn't able to get the playbook. You know, he wasn't able to learn the 10 play playbook of Frost. Um, so it's just, it's like, I think that we've seen the young guys come in and play well. So it's just put them out there. Thomas Fedoni should be starting day one. We have a deep ass fucking tight end room, but we need to be playing two and three tight ends because that guy is, has to be on the field. And the offensive MVP this season might be Austin Allen. Yeah. Austin Allen had, you know, if Austin Allen is playing for Clemson or Alabama, Austin Allen is first team All American mm-hmm. and going to be a first round pick. Austin Allen is a Sunday player. Yeah, and he's really bought into just just hearing him talk about you know his experience this year and the program in general. He's going to be a really good guy for Fedoni to come in under. Right, and he can and Fedoni can be that second second guy yeah. tight end because I mean as you as you saw on Friday, you know we utilize the tight end position a lot. Right, and that's an easier throw for. I mean, we have all these big body guys. That's an easier throw for Martinez. Absolutely. When, you, when they're 10, 12 yards down the field, you can hit them and then let them do their work. Yeah. So, you know, Thomas Fedoni, he's, we signed three tight ends this uh, this period, and all local guys. Fedoni's the Council Bluffs, signed the kid from Norris, and signed the kid from Prep. Um, and, you know, they're interviewing him, and, you know, how do you like the three? T-? He's like, you know, they're, they're, all, they're all all right guys, but, uh, you know, I'm the best one, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to come out there and prove it. And, I like he coming in talking that shit. I I can respect that. We need we need more alpha males mm-hmm. on our team. We I think we've got a bunch of good players and a bunch of unfortunately nice guys. We need some dudes that are coming in and being the alpha male on the team. You know, Cam Taylor Britt is transforming into that on the defensive side. Um, Adrian Martinez is that guy in, in spurts on he's offense on the field. Adrian Martinez is a tough guy. Right. Off the field, he's more of your nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got a little bit of that that swagger, that that juice on the field when he gets up and absolutely. And I, I love that. I love seeing that fire. Absolutely. Out there. And he had a lot of that on Friday. Yeah, we need a couple more dogs on our team. You know, every team needs a couple dogs, and uh, you know, I think we've got a couple, but we need a couple more. So. And you know, speaking of Nebraska playing in the toilet bowl, obviously, me and Zach's uh, favorite NFL teams are playing in the toilet bowl as we speak, uh, the 49ers and Cowboys. Um, so that's going on right now. But, you know, speaking of Martinez, uh, he continues to kind of be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'm not sure what the fuck that term means or anything, but I believe it means, you know. It's like a yin-yang. Yeah, <laughs> I believe he's kind of two people. I mean, we saw good, the bad, and ugly from him. Um, you know, four, four turnovers, inexcusable. I mean, yeah, four turnovers in a game. Um, I think – you know, maybe if uh, McCaffrey's healthy, you're looking at maybe getting yanked at that point. Um, but what do you think of well, – let me rephrase that. <laughs> so, obviously, four turnovers, terrible. Terrible, going to get you beat. And, you know, if you're going through Husker Twitter Friday night, um, you know, people were calling to see Smothers, which I wanted to see, but 
maybe not in pulling him, but I certainly would have understood if he got pulled. Um, but then, you know, you see him, he came out and, you know, won the game for us. Uh, at the end of the day, he hit that nice pass, that uh, third down, little slant route to uh, Wandell to score to tie us up. And then, you know, had that 41-yard touchdown and just continued to fight. I mean, just the grit of the guy. Adrian Martinez is usually going to be the player that decides the game. He might win it for you, or he might win it for the other team, unfortunately. So what kind of outlook do you have going forward to next season with Adrian Martinez? Are you feeling comfortable with him as your quarterback? Obviously, I think we're both on the fence are on the same side that Luke is not a quarterback. Luke should not be a starting quarterback. And Luke, I don't want to see being a starting quarterback for Nebraska. So are you thinking that Smothers could be number two? Or do you think Nebraska should look at the portal, maybe not for a starter, but for at least a dude that can push uh, Adrian Martinez? Yeah, I think um, I think what we need to do is we need to go ahead and we need to sit down with Luke. We need to trans. We need to go ahead and transition him. Yeah, we need to transition him to a utility guy, like we've been saying all year. You know, we're going to run you at receiver. We're going to run you at slot. We're going to run you in the backfield a little bit. We need we need you to bulk up and continue to. To, you know, to grind in the weight room to to be able to you know carry a little bit of a load. Yep. On the offensive side, and then I think you approach next season the way you did this year with Luke and and uh, and Adrian. Instead, you you insert uh, Smothers as that Luke, and you 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 start with Martinez as number one and Smothers as number two, and and you see what the competition does. But I'm going to tell you right now that you know Martinez is not is not happy or satisfied with anything from the season. And he'll be a guy that works as hard as anybody. If it still doesn't work, maybe it's not meant to be, but I um, I'm excited for, for his future because we got to see him on Friday he looked healthy. He looked comfortable. He looked loose. He, you know, maybe he had four turnovers, but I think that's because he was playing a little more loose. Like, had a little bit of a. Uh, it was like him and Frost were leather nuts hang. I mean, yeah, that, he had a little bit of a fuck it mentality. When when there. Frost went for it on fourth and two yeah. at the end of the game, that was a clearly fuck it. We're five. We're two and five. What the fuck do I have to lose? And I so. think that speaks volumes for how Frost and Martinez's relationship still is. You yeah. know, it's a father son relationship. The first time, the first person that was off the sideline when we won and kneeled down was Frost hugging Martinez. Yep, and that kind of bond is really, really good. And that, and that, that carries a team, a, you know, for a certain amount of, of time or wherever. But right. um, I think that, you know, that Martinez is, is very, very good at his best, but he does take some, some steps back. He does make some mistakes that, you know, might, might, you know, change the dynamic of a game. And this year more so because he felt like he was walking on eggshells a little bit. Mm-hmm. If if he's if he, he can have that comfort level a little bit more like he did his freshman year and then last year he was injured obviously but and then this year he's kind of you know battling all year right if we can get that comfort level back to him and and you know get some dynamic pieces around him actually have a receiving core that can you know stretch the field and and make plays outside of one guy um, I I think Martinez can be really good again. But it's just – it's a matter of putting the pieces around him. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. And it starts with the coaching. It starts with the play calls. Um, you know, so you want want to set him up as best you can. So, I, you know, I'm comfortable with Adrian Martinez being our quarterback going forward to, into next year. We've Obviously, people have been talking about the schedule. We've got to go to Oklahoma. We've got to go to Ohio State. Um, as of now, the game in Ireland against Illinois for game one is still on. But uh, – <laughs> I, I'm highly yeah. doubting. I'm highly doubting that uh, we're going to be playing that. But if we are, I will fucking be there, you know, drinking my pints of Guinness and all that <laughs> shit. So I'm comfortable with Adrian Martinez going forward. I wouldn't mind us seeing us go to the uh, transfer portal and seeing if maybe we can get, uh, you know, a somebody to come in and Not comp- Tanner Lee though. No, 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 no. <laughs> come in and compete, and you know. Uh, You'd be there ready to be backup, and not to mention a couple other positions. You're looking at maybe another running back, maybe a receiver, maybe a DB is kind uh, of the position. I think there's a stud receiver that just went, uh, entered the transfer portal from Arizona or something. Okay, yep. I think I saw our, our boy Mark Barrera. Oh yeah, uh, put someone out, put uh, somebody big out Arizona guy, and boy yes. are they bad. <laughs> they are bad, but they get they get talent there. Yeah, now. that's the thing. Like, well, Kevin Sumlin can recruit. I mean, he's yeah. not there anymore. They canned him, but. 
Yeah, I no, I think more than anything, we need to really, really explore different wide receiver options and guys that will show up and actually be on the roster, be on the sideline, and be on the field for us. Right. Rather than Omar, Omar Manning guys who are just all hype and and never and never play. Yeah, you think that we see over under at point five touchdowns for Omar Manning in his Nebraska career? What are you taking? Uh, I'm going to hammer the under. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be. I don't. I don't think we're going to see him again. That, no. Or again, I don't know if we ever. I think he had one catch at some yeah. point. Against maybe Northwestern, he, but uh, he didn't look elite. No, out there, no. So it's you know most of the game is mental, and he, he clearly is not there on that. Yeah. And so, um, what the 49ers turning over the ball is fucking usual. They've turned it over like twice already. Really, yeah. <laughs> fucking Nick Mullins is like one of the best backup quarterbacks <laughs> in the league, but he turns the fucking ball over. You know, and everybody shits on my boy Jimmy G. It's like look at the starting records. All right, fucking like. Just look at the records of what Jimmy G does. Well, imagine saying the deck wasn't worth it before this. Yeah. Yeah, he's worth it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, there's rumors we may go get Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, or, you know. Try I wouldn't to, want Matt Ryan. I, I, Matt, I'd rather have Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah. I'd definitely rather have Matthew. Stafford. Or, uh, <laughs> well, you know, Matt Ryan has his MVP season with Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. So, maybe they can rekindle that magic. Yeah, that's true. But, um all right, back to Nebraska. You know, the, that's um, you know, so the season's ended. We were, you know, we started the episode with uh, Nebraska maybe playing in a bowl game. Um, during the episode, it came out Nebraska not going to be playing in a bowl game. So, you know, the old saying is all's all's well that ends well. So we'll go into the off season feeling good about this last win, racked up almost 700 yards, and I'm not sure how Rutgers won three games this season. Um, they were they were fucking terrible. They were, uh, they, they really like Vedral up there, though. Yeah, I, he might have made a little bit of a difference. Yeah, he might have. Got number twenty one playing. That first of all, you can't play quarterback if your jersey number is twenty one. Like that, and, and twenty one is my favorite number. And I was a quarterback, and I wouldn't even want no, to pull that off. Exactly, I wouldn't allow it if I was a coach. You cannot <laughs> be number twenty one. And I believe you know, it was Indiana a couple years ago. They had the quarterback that was number twenty two. It's yeah. like you cannot play quarterback at number. I'm a big numbers guy, and they need to be fit the positions mm-hmm. like. If you're a single-digit defensive lineman, stud. <laughs> yeah, like if you you're if you're number seven, fucking defensive tackle, <laughs> yeah. you were a stud. You know, like those those are the rules. You know, so. But uh, no, I'm glad that Nebraska got this victory into the season on a good note. It's almost like Vegas knew what was going on. They had the over under at three and a half for Nebraska through eight games. We played eight, went three and five. So it's some you know Vegas shockingly knows what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> so you know weird how that works out. But um, Zach, you know. We'll do another episode to wrap up the season, but uh, you want to just kind of wrap up this final game and the last game of the season here? Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to see us kind of flex our muscles on offense, and then our defense just once again showed up and right. did what they needed to do. Um, I'm, giving, I'm giving my season MVP to Cam Taylor-Britt. That's probably not a shock to anybody listening because I've been kind of on on that train all year, and I think that that guy has just continued to improve and and has done what he's done. You know, I don't know how many interceptions he has on the year, but it's got to be more than anybody yep. in recent history. And I mean, he's just made some plays like even, you know, on Friday night, he, he shed a block, just threw somebody off him and then just smoked. Dude, he's been attacking that fucking wide receiver screen. Like yeah. that's, I mean, when you draw it up in the playbook, like how you're supposed to defend the wide receiver screen, he blows up the motherfucker mm-hmm. trying to uh, block him. Doesn't just catch a block, which Nebraska is notorious yeah. for doing. And then makes a tackle, you know, yeah. so. So he's been, you know, the obvious, you know, more more so a bright spot on the defense than anybody else. But the defense overall has just been a really, really, you know, breath of fresh air all year. And our D-line is just has so much potential Man. and so much going for him yep. um, in the future. Linebacker, linebacking crew has, was better than it has been under yep. this regime. Got to so. feel good about Luke Reimer and Nick Heinrich going forward. Nick Heinrich had, had the game of his career. 13 tackles. Yeah, and so defense, I like where we're at there. Offense, I think, you know, we, as I said before, you know, we have a lot of the really, really good pieces on the offensive line. Yep. That can Three starting know, uh, freshman linemen. Catapult us really going forward in, in the year. We just need to, we need to keep the identity that we have we had against Rutgers with that two to one run to pass ratio. I think that's the recipe for success. And I think we just need to, you know, continue working with Adrian and then bring some others up to speed and then make that transition with Luke and then really just focus on developing that receiving room and, and getting them up to speed. I think our tight ends are in a good spot. If we can get Mills back, yep. we're going to be in a really good spot offensively. And then we get our, our, 
all-conference kicker back. Um, we'll have another year under the belt of our punter. And then if we can just kind of, you know, tighten things up on special teams or, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it, the special teams, um, it's still an issue. But, you know, with kicking being the biggest issue of the year last year and us coming back this year and having an all-conference kicker, it's a good sign of things to come. And, you know, hopefully we can we – can, you know, get through this off season um, and, and into preseason next year, and really ride the the momentum that we haven't had. Um, you know, going into an off season for a while. So. Right. Yeah, I guess uh, if I'm going to put a bow on it, obviously I've been awfully critical of Scott Frost and the coaching staff, um, but I will I obviously have to give it up to them. They have this team still playing hard, still believing. There's been no quit in this team. Whether we went three and five or not, um, you know, a lot of teams that are in our position had mailed it in, and at no point ever did, did I question if Nebraska's players mm-hmm. still wanted to fight. And you know, play calling all that shit aside, which I fucking hate, um, but um, it's uh, it's it's a testament to Frost and the coaching staff that he still has this team bought in and uh, you know still fighting so I will give credit to Scott and the coach staff for that and the players you know it takes a lot for the players to you know be going through a pandemic we had next to no um, you know positive cases I guess that uh, Omar Betts or Xavier Betts excuse me Xavier Betts was out uh, for COVID this week but uh, you know we handled it fucking better than just about every other team in the country and, and especially in the Big Ten very few positive cases no no games canceled on our end so um, you know, shout out to Scott for that. He's been running at least a very disciplined program off the field. Now, if we can get some of those penalties and turnovers and special teams figured out on the field with discipline, uh, we're going to be in a great place. But, uh, you know, I look forward next episode. We'll kind of put a bow on this season and uh, talk about, you know, what we can expect for Nebraska going forward. But uh, tell them, guys, uh, GBR and, uh, you know, happy Sunday. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This is the Big Red Revival.